welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. Today, I'm very excited because we are chatting about a highly anticipated new release. It is Yellow Face by R.F. Kwan. Tackling identity politics, toxic friendships and cultural appropriation and a side of human wit, this is a must read. podcast Lauren. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. I noticed we didn't decide we didn't uh, swap parts in the opening again today. We didn't. I think we have to fresh. just like once in a blue moon it you know catch them Keep all off guard. Keep it you know fresh. what no one dm to say they noticed but maybe that's because we revealed it so they were like redundant dm. Yeah maybe. Mm. Um absolutely buzzing for this discussion because we're chatting about yellow face and lauren tried to talk to me about it off the podcast and i was like no no don't talk to me about this unless it's <laughs> recording what are you doing <laughs> so i'm excited to hear what you made of it i know but before we do that would you do us the honors of that's not gonna work can you drop the sun up dropping. i was gonna say dropping it <laughs> sure Athena Lou is a literary darling and June Hayward is literally nobody. When Athena dies in a freak accident, June steals her unpublished manuscript and publish it, publishes it as her own under the ambiguous name Juniper Song. But as evidence threatens June's stolen success, she will discover exactly how far she will go to keep what she thinks she deserves. What happens next is entirely everyone else's fault. All right, one word to summarize how you felt about this book. Go. Challenging. Oh, okay. Okay. My word is going to be, that's two. Um, fab. Fab. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I, I found it challenging as a white woman reading book blogger and a book blogger yes exactly um for all the right reasons that I'm sure the author wanted us to feel challenged by um so for listeners who want a little bit more context June is our protagonist here and she is a white woman and she's a very controversial character because she takes the perspective that the publishing industry is in the favor of diverse authors. And we know that's not the case at all. But so from that perspective, it's you've got a, a, a main character who has very controversial ideas. I'm and actually going to cut you off with this passage where she describes right, it, like cool. purposely summarizes what you just said. It's literally, nice. she says, so, of course, Athena gets every good thing because that's how this industry works. Publishing picks a winner, someone attractive enough, someone cool and young. And, oh, we're all thinking it. Let's just say it diverse enough and lavishes all its money and resources on them. It's so fucking arbitrary. 
or, or perhaps not arbitrary, but it hinges on factors that have nothing to do with the strength of one's prose. Athena, a beautiful, Yale-educated, international, ambiguously clear, queer woman of colour, has been chosen by the powers that be. Meanwhile, I'm just brown-eyed, brown-haired June Hayward from Philly, and no matter how hard I work or how well I'll write, I'll never be Athena Lowe. This is on page five. Scathing, <laughs> which is why my word for this book was challenging, mm. because... Well, as we later, um, you know, you you get offered the the other side of that coin yeah. in yeah. the book, in the sense that June speaks to um, diverse women or women, marginalized voices who she tries sort of explaining this very controversial standpoint, and they just reply back to her how do you think it feels to be in meetings where we're told oh we've already got an Asian author for this um for the next quarter so we don't need another one and you're sort of I, I guess the author is just opening up some of the massive problems within the publishing industry yeah and we should point out that the author is Asian yeah so she is writing as though she's a white woman and it's just it's such a mind fuck to me honestly that was my second <laughs> word actually I was like do I go with challenging or do I go with mind fuck yeah and it's and it's very well done and so my point about saying like uh, as book bloggers it's actually I've got another passage and it just sort of says um so obviously she steals the story of um, an Asian woman who's written about Chinese people in the war and she, you know she's been able to draw on her own culture and knowledge and language and so now there's this white woman trying to pass it off as her own and she's like claiming to have done all the research for it which she has then gone and done to cover her tracks but obviously she would never have known about this if she hadn't stolen a manuscript you know how it is yeah and so her publishing team quite rightly point out like this could be a bit iffy for us and they say um uh, well, the thing is, this novel is set in large part in China. And given the recent conversations about, you know, and then it says cultural auth authenticity, Emily jumps in. I don't know if you follow some of the conversations online. Book bloggers and book Twitter accounts can be pretty picky about things these days. And it's like calling us out for trying to call out when people are telling stories that they probably shouldn't be and that they should have opened the space for a Chinese writer to have written it. And it's like, but bloggers are then being made out to be the bad guys of being too picky about it. And like reading it, I then, there were definitely times when I was siding with June, who is like almost our anti-protagonist, like anti-hero mm. protagonist or whatever. And then I was like, no, no, like <laughs> we're actually supposed to be on June's side, but you just root for her. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the final sentence of the blurb where it says what happens next is entirely everyone else's fault mm. sums June up in a nutshell she yeah. is this chaotic very narcissistic self-centered protagonist where she does genuinely convince herself that she is the innocent <laughs> party here despite the fact that she stole a manuscript from her dead friend and is claiming it as her own she has managed to convince herself that no she deserves the success that she's gotten and off me this. she genuinely convinced me oh, yeah she like edits this is like the manuscript's first kind of well 
um sorry athena used to like write it all on a typewriter so like no one has actually seen it as far as she's aware so it hasn't been edited by an editor so june does some work editing it and sort of like cleaning it up and whatever and so that's why she is able to convince herself that this book wouldn't be what it is without her and it's like it it could have been anyone editing it right and she's and she is right from that respect so sometimes she got me and I was like yeah yeah June you're right but then I'd have to like check myself and be like no no but it's the fact that she's light and she you know if she said from the start you know what my best friend has died in her honor and um her legacy I'm now going to edit and rewrite this manuscript because in its current state it's not published if she'd said that from the start then yeah she this whole we wouldn't have a we wouldn't have a book here to discuss and there's no fun in that um I actually want to pick up on the fact that you just called her her best friend yeah because actually they maybe check in with each other like once a quarter. She doesn't yeah. even really like Athena. And then when she dies, she has to kind of jump on that, that she was yeah, her best point. friend. Yeah, good point. I think it says a lot about June as a character and a person by how she um, chooses or selects the editor that then goes to edit her manuscript yeah. and she says um, of her editor she'd gotten into some kerfuffle at a conference last year when she called a fellow female panelist pathetic for arguing that sexism in the industry remained an obstacle after which all sorts of online personalities labeled her an enemy of women and demanded she make a public apology if not resign dot 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 she did neither and like I think that was just really interesting that she you know she was at at this point in the book she had an option of like three or four editors to select from and she selected this editor knowing that this editor had this history Mm. and obviously this editor was a white woman and for her privilege you know was not not really disciplined at all for making those sorts of comments um I yeah I mean she's just a she's a problematic character <laughs> from start to finish I actually really disliked her oh yeah no I didn't like her but then there was just there were times when I really had to check myself and I was rooting for her yeah and I think it's just I because that. I kind of like as much as I love the drums in a book I also just like a sucker for a happy ending. So I didn't want anything to come out. Yeah. Like, just just keep going with it. You can do this. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Um, and obviously we can't talk about the ending, but no, it, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> wild. Yeah. Um, uh, it gave me, I, no, I can't say. <laughs> just please read it because it's so good. Um, I wanted to pick up, I'm just sort of looking through at the bits where I've like, folded over the corners of pages and I just found this other quote um which well actually we can maybe talk about this as a subject is that she starts to get online hate Mm. um and actually someone starts to like wonder if she has even written this book like how on earth would she know all of these things and it just it just takes one person then everybody jumps on the bandwagon um and I think maybe there were times when I was feeling sorry for her because like good point cancel culture is like a very real thing and it ruins a lot of people's lives sometimes 
people have done really bad things and they deserve that but do they I don't know it's a whole yeah. argument I mean this yeah she the the abuse she got online I don't think anybody's deserves that sort of no no a, a, abuse in you know can't it was savage yeah and so this is fairly late into the book she said she's like why the fuck am I doing this like this is exhausting like one time I'm when we come counseled when we come not blah 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 um she says so here's how things have shaken out like I've lost my re- reputation but I'm far from cancelled and she just like keeps kind of going back and forth between the two and she says it is attractive the prospect of a stable job with clearly defined hours and benefits where being white does not make you boring and redundant but rather a perfectly average and desirable hire no more panic scrolling no more dick measuring competitions no more reading email a thousand times over to figure out if my marketing person hates me or not but I can't quit the one thing that gives meaning to my life writing is the closest thing we have to real magic and it's such a loaded statement like first of all you're like like so racist (laughs) but then like the magic of writing comes into it and you're like oh like I do feel like all you want is to be this amazing writer and have these opportunities but so fucking warped that you think you're not getting them because you're white (laughs) exactly like she can't she struggles to come to the acceptance that she's just not a good enough yeah. writer yeah. and Athena was um so before publishing Athena's work June published an, a, a book sort of the year before and it was just a massive fail basically like no one it didn't really resonate with anybody and it was just a bit of fluff so I think that's she knows in her subconscious she's just not a good enough writer to make it off her own accord and her only real shot is to piggyback off of Athena and Athena's work and like I say she's unlikable because there are just so many points in the inception of writing her book where she could have done the right thing (laughs) and she chooses not to and it was, you know, for example, I found it really interesting because you can't help but read this as a running commentary of Kwang's experience of the publishing industry yeah. and, and where it's, you know, where it's headed today. And um, her commentary around like the growing popularity in recent years of authors and publishers employing sensitivity writers. So June is offered the opportunity to um, have a Chinese person sense check, sensitivity check her books to make sure that there are no problematic um, or offensive or factually incorrect representations, either unconscious or conscious. And she chooses not to. And she makes, she like takes a really hard stance. Really offense. No. Like uh, takes a huge offense to it, doesn't she? Like, yeah. And like the fact that her publishing team even say to her, you know, why don't we change your name? So her yeah. name is June. What is it? June. Her name is Juniper. Her full name is Juniper and her middle name is Song and her surname is Hayward. And so they changed June Hayward to Juniper Song because it sounds like it could be Asian. Yeah. But so like there's a lot in of... that conversation, it wasn't explicitly because yeah, yeah, it sounds more Asian. It was positioned as, well, why don't we do this? Because we we need to separate your last book, which was published June Hayward, with this book because they're very yeah. different. And but the subtext was, and this sounds more Asian. 
and we know it's problematic that you as a white woman have written this book about the um about Chinese history yeah and it just shows like sometimes you might read it thinking oh great like the publish publishing houses are like doing all the right thing they're doing all the right checks but it just coming across as tick box exercises which I assume is the norm for them to have or you know used to be the norm and maybe things are changing I don't know I don't work in publishing um but like the fact that they were like let's get someone else to to read this and sense check it for you let's yeah. change your name like it's all very little we seem to be doing this so it'll be fine rather than exactly. hey no we actually just shouldn't do this or whatever yeah. the case might yeah. be exactly it's money driven yeah. like even when june gets backlash on twitter with people speculating that this is she's just um copied Athena's work and she hasn't actually written this the conversations she then has with her publicist and her publishing team is essentially this is actually really great for you because it's going to yeah. lead us to sell more books yeah and not oh shit like we've we've really crossed a line here and what are the the ramifications and that that in doing this we have we created is actually nah all all publicity is good publicity it's going to sell more books make more money and to that point actually when I was reading it it kind of reminded me that actually when we're on bookstagram and we're in this sort of book world that we're in Mm -hmm. it is such a small world where we really are we I I feel are like these soldiers for justice if you will like like they were saying like, oh watch out book bloggers get offended by everything like they're trying to keep everyone in check but we are such a small group and there are so really? many people out there that will just be like oh this this book is in the window of waterstones wherever it's they've chosen as a bestseller yeah i'm gonna read that and mm-hmm. won't know about any controversy that might be around exactly. it because it's such a small bookish world yeah that everyone in the world or most people in the world can read or want to read or you know whatever they not everybody picks up a book thinking let me just research into if this is safe yeah. or not it's well, literally exactly. just us you and I were at um Cal's house over the weekend yeah. and we were chatting about books and um where the crawdad scene came up yeah and Kel and the other girl we were with they were like oh my god it's an amazing book and then you sort of said well you know it's really problematic and the author's been cancelled so that's why I've chosen not to watch the film. And although we were both aware of those, um, why she was problematic, they had no idea. So I think that yeah. is just a, a real life example of- 100%. It is, you, we live in a microcosm and like, it, it's like the same with anything. We live in echo chambers of people reflecting back our own ideas and our own thoughts. Yeah. Um, but um, so it was just really, brutal to see it on, on page. but also like can totally see why publishing industry be like yeah, yeah. Look, the book yeah. world are riled up but there's millions of people out there that are still yeah. going to buy your book because we've pitched it as a bestseller and like the must read yeah. of the summer so exactly. we'll even worry about it you're only going to get that yeah. much on twitter but everyone else is going to keep buying it so no <laughs> was. and it's so interesting what else i found uh just fascinating in the book is like the peak it gave you into the publishing like what it's like to publish a book both the good and the bad like um 
for example, the way she describes the writing process, I'll read one quote here where she says, when you're in the zone, drafting doesn't feel like an effortful artifice. It feels like remembering, like putting down in written form something that has been locked inside you all along. The story pours inside, uh, the story pours out of me paragraph by paragraph until I look up and realize that it's nearly dawn and that I've written almost 10,000 words in a manic sprint, which, just fascinates me like the thought of somebody like remembering a story rather than coming up with it but then that sort of juxtaposes then when she's released the book in chapter seven and the massive anti-climax that it felt for her once it was all done yeah and out in the world and you've just got to sort of wait with held breath whilst everybody reads it and finds out if it's a bestseller or not and yeah you'd think from you know somebody who hasn't written a book before you'd think that once the the exciting part is when it's out in the world but actually they describe that as that's actually the most boring part yeah was it I can't remember if it was in this book or maybe I saw an author say this on Instagram but like we'll interview an author before their book publishes and when we leave the call we're like oh my god have a lovely publication week like gonna be so fun like and I'm and I feel like really excited for them to have that day and that week and that actually it was either in this book or someone said it um you know you might have a party but that's really it like you might go to a bookshop and sign a few books but they were like yes actually that was a big deal like you think it's gonna be this huge thing that's out in the world but actually like people will slowly read it and slowly buy it like yeah yeah I think that was in in this okay yeah um yeah it was it was just like it's a real peek into what it's like to write a book both good and bad and authors I know every author takes a different approach to reading reviews but June becomes like quite obsessed with reading reviews on Instagram and Goodreads and Twitter um and you know when she's feeling good like during the day she'll obsessively read like five star reviews on goodreads but then it's at night when she's spiraling and she gets one anxious thought that she thinks oh she's like tempted to read the bad reviews and then goes down into a rabbit hole of only reading bad reviews um so i i, I would be really interested to know if kwang reads her reviews or yeah Jesus not to like I think it'd be really challenging not to yeah like I do believe that ignorance is bliss but then also impossible when people tag you in negative reviews this is why we don't give negative reviews you don't hear about a book if we don't recommend it I recently read one that had DNF really fucked me off that waste of time reading it but you didn't hear about it (laughs) still not saying the name I had so many of my not anybody that like we haven't met following us but loads of my friends that follow us being like what's the book what's the book <laughs> <laughs> no, just because you're my friend you get to know yeah um uh there were two parts of the book actually that um picked up on two quite big themes that we discuss quite regularly um and I'll actually just read the quote for the first one where she says um I've now moved into an entirely different class of writer. I receive half a dozen invitations to speak at various literary events in the next month alone. And after attending a few and 
I enjoy them. I used to hate these events, big author gatherings, award ceremonies, conferences, conventions, and like the first day of high school, but even worse, because the cool kids actually are that cool. And there's nothing more humiliating than being shut out of a conversation circle because your book didn't sell enough copies, didn't get enough marketing, or wasn't critically acclaimed enough for anyone else to treat you like a human being. And that's something that we are quite passionate about like talking about books that don't have those big marketing budgets because they're no less fabulous and worthy of reading but they're just they don't you know they're new authors maybe debut authors who don't have the data and insights of just how many books they're going to sell for a marketing team to put dedicate you know a set amount of budget behind promoting them um so it was quite, you know, June is this very confrontational character, but the, yeah, it's moments like that where you're like, yeah, I kind of get what you mean. Yeah, but I also feel like she's confrontational to us in her mind. Like she's definitely yeah. not as fierce to other people as she might. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like she's actually a bit of a coward. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah. Apart um, from when she sends that email to like, there's one bit where she's a bit uppity and is like, no, I'm not letting this go. You need to do it this way. But otherwise, like, she's just a bit of a wet rag. She is. And actually, an example of when she was confrontational and awful, she sort of spirals throughout the book. Like, yeah. she, starts, she starts off as this wet rag and then towards the end of the book just turns into um, a keyboard warrior and... Uh, not a very nice person and um she like guest lectures at high school and as part of her you know course she reads um she like opens up a conversation to analyze someone in the group's manuscript and their idea for a story and she just completely tears it apart and is actually quite cruel and bullies this teenage girl on her manuscript and one of the um things that she calls her out on like she was like she like sort of ticks off all of the um what's the word uh like stereotypical Mm. plot tropes Tropes, that's the word thanks tropes that she puts in that she's included in her manuscript and then she says she let out a breath she didn't know she was holding really (laughs) which made me think of you because that is your biggest (laughs) that is your biggest once you see it you can't unsee it you can't unsee it (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean so much to talk about in this book. Very I think good. it would be excellent for a book club, don't you? Holy moly, so much. I actually think it's in my top 10 books of the year. And that's saying something because I actually don't think there's any. Uh, that's a really good point, actually. I haven't read a book that I'm like, oh my, my God, I have to, like, I'm sure there's some, I've definitely yeah. read some amazing books I've really enjoyed this year, but I haven't been like, oh shit, this is on my top 10. And I'm sure if I went yeah. back, like it's it's May, there would there have been some. But I haven't been very good at keeping the list, maybe. I don't know, but this is... Yeah, I think, yeah, good. that's a really good point. I haven't. There's no book that really obviously stands out to me that, that I'm like, oh my God, that's 100% yeah. going to be in my top 10 of the year. Yeah. Last year in February, I already had about six and I was panicking. No. Well, this is definitely 
in mine as well. It's just because it it makes you think. There, it's not an easy read, but it is an easy read. One hundred, you will fly through it, but you will be kept on your toes. Yeah, especially and it because will make of my you think it will routine, challenge not routine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it will challenge you so much because you can't you can't switch off. Yeah, you because it's going to challenge your own beliefs and your own conscious and subconscious and it's a tense storyline is she going to get found out what the fuck's going to happen um yeah so it publishes on a very special day my birthday (laughs) published on the 25th of may along with the rest of the books this month um pre-order it now and immediately read it on my birthday yeah um i've changed my mind actually there is one other book that would be in my top 10 this year and that's love uh romantic comedy oh shit yeah yeah, yeah that one okay that. great so we're gonna have the exact same again look forward great that. <laughs> <laughs> i mean we are the same person so so much for listening if you enjoyed today's episode then like subscribe leave a rating and review it costs you nothing but it genuinely means the world to us and don't forget to share our podcast with your reading buddy too because they might enjoy listening and if you don't already then follow us at instagram at bookrecos for funnily enough but more book recommendations see you next week we'll be here